0: Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. Les Claypool is a musical mad scientist and one of the weirdest musicians to have commercial success in rock and roll. He's best known for his amazing bass playing and quirky sense of humor in leading the band Primus, and for doing the theme for South Park. But he's also put together a handful of other really cool projects to make other types of music, including Oysterhead, the funk jazz supergroup with members of Fish and the Police, the Duo de Twang Country Music Project, and most recently the awesome partnership with sean lennon called the claypool lennon delirium he produces most of his music from his home studio rancho relaxo and is also an author and a film director oh and he once auditioned for metallica is there anything he can't do let's find out in the season three debut of prisoners of rock and roll What's up, everyone? Welcome to season three of the Prisoners of Rock and Roll in episode number 55. I'm your host, Bruce Kramer, and I'm happy to be doing our first show of 2023 with my good friend and co-host, Ryan McCusker.
1: Are you rocking? His name is Mud. My name is Mud.
0: Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by Boldfoot Socks, as well as McCusker's Tavern in Philadelphia. And we are so happy to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. What's going on, brother? Happy New Year merry new year what's happening we're back a little sooner than we thought we were going to be but you know we got we got fans to do fans to uh fans to do and music to talk about
1: (laughs) no we we thought about taking an extra week off for the holidays but i said hey we can't let our fans down we uh
0: ended 2022 on a good note we're like let's just keep the shit rolling and uh dive on in so yet again dude another another show topic that's been on the list for a while and uh I'm really excited to be talking about this stuff, man. I, I, I'm i a big fan of Les Claypool. I
1: know you are, too. Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing him since I was a little kid. He's totally different than anything that music has to offer. Who's more wackier than him? Maybe Weird Al Yankovic. But, you know, he has yeah. such a he has humor in his music, which usually I'm not really a big fan of. But the way he does it is pretty rad. I guess when we're
0: doing research for the show, I wind up reading a lot of articles and doing it with this one. I really just like, I just listened to a lot of the music.
1: Yeah. That's you know, not I, the best thing to do with them. It's like, how can you explain their music? You have to like, listen to it.
0: Yeah. And I, uh, I, I listened to a bunch of podcasts, like interviews. Seems like he's, he's just does a ton of interviews. So I just listened to him, like just talking about music a lot. He's just a dude. I could listen to him talk about yeah. shit. Like he's just, a, yeah. Like he yeah, said, he's, in the,
1: he's a uh,
0: mad scientist. Yeah, he. You know? he never. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, a family member today, and told him we we're doing this, and he's like, "Yeah, man, dude, that's gonna be awesome." He, that guy just never stops working, and yeah. it's true. He's just, he's always got like all these projects going on, and they're all different. He's in different styles of music, just really, really cool.
1: He's definitely a renaissance dude of different musics, you know, like weird j- free jazz kind of shit. To like, you know, Primus Funk to like rock and roll, straight like Oysterhead was. Psychedelic
0: stuff, jam bands, more heavy metal, funk stuff. The I mean, he could do it all. Yeah, he really he does can, it all. Dude. And he really, I read an interview with him. He said that you know, he's the guy that doesn't fit in anywhere, but he fits in a little bit of everywhere, which is kind of yeah. like
1: makes sense. You know, like a,
0: yeah, like I said in the monologue, like Primus is just such a weird band. Yeah. Um, but they still had
1: commercial success. Totally. Everybody knows big Brown beaver. Yeah. Probably. That was a really big hit in the nineties, you know, uh, or everybody knows, uh, Jerry was a race car driver, but they have like a lot of songs that, that are just so kick ass. It's like every album is, is its own thing.
0: Definitely. I've looked a little bit into just, um, like his musicianship too. And I thought it was really interesting. Like, uh, I was just, I don't know, I was watching some YouTube video, like what makes him such a unique bass player? And I mean, of course, the music is interesting because it's written with the bass being front and center. Yeah. Right. It's like the main instrument while most of rock and roll is guitars. But he also like, I was reading that he just plays pretty much any different way you could play a bass. He'll do like he'll do the tapping. He'll do. Like flamenco, he'll do slapping. He puts whammy bars on it. He plays bass guitars with extra strings. Yeah, you know, he just kind of uses the instrument for all kinds of other kind of shit. Really cool. He's
1: awesome, man. Like anything with like, like a bass, he'll play it. And he, and he makes it interesting. He's just not like some dude keeping rhythm in the background. Like you said, he's the front man. You know, he makes the bass like, a, like the main part of the band. Maybe before we start getting into his
0: career, I was reading a couple things too. Just he was talking about his creativity in some interview. They were like, "Man, you're such a an amazing bass player." And he was like, "Dude, I'm just trying to get the things out of my head, yeah. and the and the bass is just a cram that I pulled out of the box." And I was <laughs> like, "That's sure. really that's cool." And he's like, "Um, yeah, you know, he's like, dude, I'm I'm not a singer. He's like, I'm more like Mel Blanc trying to play a character." Nice. And he's like, uh, I'm a narrator for all these characters. And he said he didn't really give a shit about his singing until he started playing with, like, Oysterhead. And he's like, these guys are, are fucking musicians. I need to really kind of work
1: on my game here. I don't know. I always enjoyed his vocals all through his career. It, I did it too. Was, It's just something different. Something, you know, something from Mars. I don't know.
0: Between that and the sense of humor and the music all put together... And it's also really cool, man, that he's willing to try all this other different kind of shit, like uh, all these side projects I was listening to. It's like the if he wasn't successful with Primus, he wouldn't have the creativity or the latitude to do a lot of this kind of shit.
1: No, but that's how talented he is. Sure. You know, to 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 be so abstract. Yeah, it may be a little wacky or a little bit like that, but, you know, it's art.
0: He's also like he's abstract, but he's not abstract to the point that like it's fucking annoying. No, you know, it's not like Yoko Ono solo stuff or some of that other kind of crap like, that's like free jazz. Yeah. Some of that really out there like art for art's sake kind of stuff. Yeah, it's still it's still good shit that I would listen to.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he not only does he experimental, but not a pop song, but, you know, a song that can be played on radio. Through the years, you would hear Primus on the radio. Not, not so much now, but you know, through the nineties, they were always on the radio.
0: And they're definitely a band that when I heard growing up, nothing had ever sounded like that. And I was like, no. what the hell? What is this? You know, like uh I was thinking about it. It's really odd that even that they had commercial success. And the way the music industry works now, they probably never would break it now if they were coming up.
1: I think they used videos to help them out to sell, because they were so unique, all their videos, just like the Beastie Boys had videos. They were unique. Primus had the same kind of thing, like little art projects.
0: We've talked about that a lot, man, about how MTV, like this band got big because of MTV, and that band broke because of MTV. I, I guess with that going away, too, it just has really made it, it's probably so much harder. And also with like, I don't know, man. There's less record labels and there's fewer companies owning all the radio stations. It's, it's just the industry just sounds like it sounds like a shitty place to try to come up now. And all that, you know, we talked about in that rock episode, all this crap that just sounds the same. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing, nothing sounded like Primus in the 90s when I think music was a little bit more weird and diverse. And they sure as shit, nothing sounds like them now.
1: No, I mean, they, they are... I don't know one of the last mohicans of experimental. Yeah, you know, they I haven't seen anything lately from the primus camp. But I but I always know like Les Claypool is always working on something.
2: Maybe
0: maybe I I thought maybe the way we could tackle this we could talk about like the uh, you know his beginning because there's some pretty interesting people he knew as a kid. And then we can get into Primus and then we could tackle all these side projects. I was like, I think I thought I knew a lot about him and his side yeah. projects. And I was finding stuff that I had never heard before. Like all these.
1: Oh, he has shit that we have no idea. Right. That we, and I'm no, sure, absolutely.
0: And I found crap that I had to go looking on YouTube for. Cause it, they never put out an album. You know, he'll go on tour with something like he's in a, like a jazz. He's doing like a jazz thing now called uh shit. I wrote it down. Les Claypool's bastard jazz, love it. And it's just, you new. know, I yeah, I've got I had got something on YouTube, but it's like they've never released an album. But he would go, you know, he gigs. goes on tour. Yeah, pulls a pulls a band together and goes out on the road and tries something That's different. Great. Really cool, man. And uh, the level of musicians with whom he works is just a uh, uh, several. Of the interviews I read, he was just talking about like some of these shows. I don't even have to do anything. He's like he's like I could just lay on the stage because these motherfuckers can play. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: he's just—he's
0: around all these like really
1: talented. Musicians. He's talented. He's incredibly talented. Sure. He sound, I mean, I think why everybody like less everybody because he's so humble. You know, like House—he's the one of the greatest bass players ever. Does he take himself seriously? Not at all.
0: No, definitely not. And he's always had that kind of self-deprecating sense of humor and all the other yeah. kind of shit. You mentioned the videos too, man. I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I spent a lot of time today. Was the first day I've been at work in uh, two and like almost two weeks, and I was sitting down and finally spending some time at a computer. And I just was watching a shit ton of their videos on YouTube. Like the they did the cover of uh Devil Went Down to Georgia, and the video was all claymation. And it was it was really. Oh, cool. I'd never seen that. That's I'll send cool. it to you, man. It was really cool. Let me start with some of the really early shit before we get into this. So I think the interesting thing, man, was that he went to high school with Kirk Hammett. Oh wow. Which is so that's how that's that makes sense, is. how he made, yeah. how he uh, got yeah. that connection with Metallica. So he'd always been friends with him. And when he Les was in high school, he was in a band called Blind Illusion that Kirk Hammett actually produced the album. But Kirk Hammett isn't listed anywhere on there because they realized if they used his name, the Metallica's management would be like, yeah. you need to pay us yeah. to use the name. But um it's really it's it's Les Claypool and Larry Le, Leande Leonde from Primus, but said that the Kirk Hammett name isn't on there. This is like the, the I'll play a little bit of it. This is a song called Blood Shower off this first. Cool. This is the first thing he ever did.
1: All right. <laughs> Metallica.
0: Yeah, right. I would never very Metallica. Would never know that that's Les Claypool on that.
1: No, it doesn't sound anything like he's his career, what he was doing.
0: But his ties to Metallica, when Cliff Burton died, Kirk Hammett told Les Claypool, hey man, you should try out to be the next bassist for Metallica.
1: Oh, yeah. They um had rehearsals with him and everything, but you know, it didn't go to him, obviously. It went to Jason Newstead. But that didn't stop Les from recording a Metallica song. Les did his own little version of uh, the thing that should not be by Metallica. And it kind of gives you an idea of what maybe Les would have sounded like with Metallica. Let's play it. you know that song yeah 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 it's a pretty well-known metallica song yeah i think it sounds awesome it's cool he, he has yeah. his like weird little voice on there i mean i don't know yeah no i was digging it dude but could you imagine Les claypool being in metallica
0: yeah and the joke was always what metallica um what had james headfield said oh he didn't get the job he was too good
1: Yes. And, uh, even, yes. Even
0: Clay, even Claypool admits he's like, dude, I'm, I'm not the fit. I wasn't the fit for that band.
1: No, but you know, it's pretty cool that he's in the story. Sure.
0: I, yeah. He's in the um, shit. Uh, the Garage Inc. album. He's on that. Yes. He's on the, uh, the Tuesday's Gone. I think the cover with uh, all those other musicians covering Scannard. I think he's on yeah. that and he's on a couple other things. So yeah, so he, he ducks in and out of the the relationship with Metallica every once in a while, so it was kind of yeah, it was cool that he that it's just so weird, man. That two guys from bands like that grew up together.
1: You see stuff like that, um, like like Flea grew up around the Guns and Roses guys. You know, like that whole circle, they all ran together.
0: Yeah, it's really odd, but the, yeah, the band Primus, man, we started talking about them. Yeah. yeah, they've they've had, you know, like a, a handful of other like lineups, but they've always been a three piece band. Yes. Um, you know, We've never really. You know, We talked about ZZ Top and Cream and all those other great three piece bands. But Primus, too, man, is one just, you know, drum, guitar and a uh, and a bass. So Even when they started, they it was just two guys in a drum machine. Really? Um, yeah. They said they were initially a band called Primate. And another band named Primate threatened to sue them. So they changed their name to Primus. I thought it was really cool, man. Like, so I was just reading it, like, he Les Claypool was working as a carpenter and he sold his car to raise enough money to cut a demo. And it's kind of, yeah, they just, they just kind of took off. Yeah, their their stuff has always been, like I meant, like you said, just it's built around the base and the stuff is really bizarre. And the other
1: dudes in the band are fucking great he as many times as the lineup has changed the band's always solid i mean uh i think their drummer is one of the best drummers around he like i'm not sure about his name but he like started with them then he left the band maybe i think he had a sickness and then he came back to the band and i actually saw the drummer with the dead and company this summer he sat in with them and it was awesome
0: yeah jay i think his name's jay lane he's been in the band a couple of times he's played with rat dog and further yeah. and yeah. the dead even um the one dude tim alexander he's played with the perfect circle the okay. maynard's side yeah, project sure. and, uh-huh. and he's been in uh, the blue man group that weird very visual you know the bald guys with the painted all blue that, and would, do be, all that, fun-
1: that would be the perfect job for me yeah i got the, yeah. I got the bald head already <laughs>
0: So just, yeah, dude, they, yeah, they've always had a kind of revolving door of different people. And I read that sometimes people have quit because they're just like, yeah, okay, man, this is just kind of run its course.
1: And well, I- how can you keep up with his ideas? Like, you know, he'd be like, I'm sure guys in this band's like, oh, this is a really dumb idea. Like he did the Willy Wonka soundtrack. That sh- we'll get to that later. But that is as bizarre as it gets. And he said something, too, that he's not he's like,
0: we're the I run the laziest band ever. He's like, we never really (laughs) he's like, we never really rehearse. We just kind of like we learn the songs and then we just kind of go drink wine and do kinds of other shit. So I could see that's crazy
1: because they're unbelievable live.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I You know, shit. Why don't we just start? We'll start talking about some of the, uh, you know, some of the other albums that came out, dude their first like studio album is an album called frizzle fry 1990 and as really they start getting popular but uh you yeah, know one song on there let's play a little bit of it is too many puppies <laughs> It's so like, you know, that opening is so it's so different sounding and then that weird voice comes in like and he's almost got like a Spanish thing, like affect to it.
1: It's great. The thing that I love about this song is he's saying little puppies and he's at soldiers like little young soldiers in war, you know, like too many puppies Getting getting killed. Getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's fucking brilliant, man. Not only is he a, an amazing bass player, but he's also an amazing lyricist. His imagination is, runs wild. You
2: oh know, like, yeah,
0: dude! All the crap, to, yeah, absolutely, sure. Um, and you see that with I mean, their stage shows, right? They're always in these weird oh, like, yeah. outfits and all kinds of other crap. And, oh
1: god, dude! Yeah. You go to one of their concerts, it's like visiting the Manson ranch. <laughs> Yeah, he was you know, so many friggin like wackadoos at their shows. One of the things I sent you today, like he was talking before
0: he was playing and he's wearing like a pig mask. And, you know, he's, yeah. dressed, he's trying to talk seriously to the crowd about his. It just, yeah. Or he's playing a solo and he's wearing like a monkey mask. And you no, know,
1: but that's less. Sure.
0: Right. That, I mean, shit, you know, that's what you're going to get when he comes in. When you see him,
1: you, you know. know, you're going to get something weird. Absolutely. Like the last time I saw them, I was like, they were just a little bit too weird for a little bit too long. Oh, the tour of Mastodon. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I saw them with that, too.
1: It was just they, a little we, weird too long. Like he played too many like uh, free jazz kind of shit.
0: You know, there is another song on Frizzle Fry that was really huge for them. And that was John the Fisherman. That was like a great, great song. Still a, yeah, it's still a huge song. Let's play a little bit Rock of that, that too. shit. Yeah, man. Jump. I'm going to jump in a little bit and just here you go. Like he, has, he, he makes up all these characters and that's who he's singing about
1: he has such a twang to his voice in a lot where do you know where he's from uh yeah, I think he's from California he definitely has like a twang in his his singing like yeah you know, like a redneck kind of thing.
0: Yeah, he's definitely got a weird, like an affect to his voice or just the way he the way he talks. It's very oh, like phrases fat.
1: shit. And yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like it's very like carnival barkery kind of like step right, <laughs> up, step
1: right up. Step right up. Step right up.
0: With like an amusement park kind of like bizarre amusement park music.
1: Well, he freaked like the fucking freak show. He's a soundtrack to the freak show. Yeah.
0: I've got a i have got a um, I got a side project that he did that is a uh, we kind of went unreleased for a while. I'll talk about it a little bit later. That was like, it was okay. really like freak show kind of shit. I found it tonight nice. when I was looking around. So, but um, yeah, so frizzle fry comes out and that lands them their record deal with Interscope. And then that's when sailing to season cheese came out.
1: The greatest fucking album.
0: I uh, dude is awesome. That was for, what, it's, for, that, for when it's what, the
1: time it came out. Uh, what a crazy album. It's the middle of like, what was it? 1990 when that album came out.
0: Yeah. 91 which is, as as we know, the greatest year of music history as we we did a whole two-hour show on 1991 and how great it was. There's so many awesome... I was just listening to this album uh, this week leading up to this, and it still holds up for me.
1: Oh, dude, I've been listening to this shit. I I grew up listening to this. We had this on cassette. Fucking play... uh, Tommy the Cat. Yeah. Do you know who does the
0: voice of Tommy the Cat? I do not. It's Tom Waits. Wow.
1: So That's Tom, awesome.
0: And he's, uh, which I was like, and I read that, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that makes how a lot of sense.
1: How the fuck it, did he get Tom Waits to do that shit it, or so it, early on his
0: album? He's been on a bunch of, and Les Claypool's been on a handful of Tom Waits songs. I have oh, wow. one. I have one that he plays bass on, but here, there's a little, yeah, I'd never realized that the million times I've heard this song, I was like, shit, you're right. It's Tom, it's Tom Waits. Tom well, I remember this
1: song for a meal ago. Tommy the, the Cat is a real back thrower of a four man made missile spray into his mighty throat. Many a fat around met his demise while starting quite blank on the cabinet spiral of this awesome crawling machine. Truly a wonder of nature, this super predator. Tommy the Cat had many a story to tell, but it was a rare occasion, such as this, that he did. <laughs> yeah tom i love it i never knew that
0: i love tom waits i do too man i'm yeah somehow we've been doing this for two years and we haven't talked about tom waits at all um i definitely have to do a show about him yeah he's a fucking great poet man he's really cool um and i tend to like musicians that have really weird voices like oh yeah yeah him and i like leonard cohen and shit claypool so Really dude, cool. If we
1: if we play Tom the Cat, you gotta play Jerry the race car driver.
0: Absolutely,
1: dude. Here you go. I love the beginning of this when you hear the beginning of the you know, turn it up. Right. Yep. Dude, I remember oh, hearing the, that for the first time, and it was so bizarre. That point where he goes like
0: "go" and it just gets like really and boom, boom, right. Boom, boom. It just gets so kick ass, right? I, that yeah. might have been the first song I ever heard by them, and I was like, "Man, what? Like, what is this?"
1: Yeah, I remember being in the uh, Bill and Ted movie, the sequel. Yeah, were, yeah, and they were on. The they soundtrack. were on
0: there. It's just a, that's such a great album. Um, the next one, too, that came out after that, Pork Soda. I used to listen to that like, great religious. album, dude. I listened to that religiously.
1: What do we have on there from that?
0: You got My Name is Mud, which we, we you know, played we talked, a little bit of that. We played a little bit of it. Hang on, let me pull up Pork Soda. I, dude, I remember like I was so into that, man. I remember being in like my high school English class and having to write, uh, shit. It was, you know, something like write about a poem or something. And I would like print primus lyrics and be like i'm gonna write about this kind of stuff it was just just really cool dude uh mr kringle was pretty good here you go Mm
1: I mean, I, I think Pork Soda was the street credit album. Everybody loves that album. It, it doesn't even have like a big hit on it or anything like that. Besides, it, my name is Mud.
0: It was like darker too. It yeah. dealt with us some of a lot of like the, the air is getting slippery. The guy like I think he kills himself at the end. You know, it's, dude. I just I as that was playing, I was just pulling up to see what he's playing in that because he's playing um, you know he's playing something with a bow. It's something yeah you know, that. What is it? It's a double bass. He's playing okay. an upright double bass. But I and I, the Song Facts website came up, and I I'm looking at it. Song Facts is also on Pantheon. Their podcast said that Mr. Crinkle is actually the song is about uh, uh, the drummer for Faith No More. His his pseudonym was Mr. Crinkle, and what he would use when he would go into um like a hotel so people wouldn't find him. You no. Know. Okay. okay. He's
1: a great drummer. The drummer, Faith no, More. he like plays with Ozzy. And he, yeah, he's a fantastic I, Mike, Mike something. I can't Mike remember Bores. Mike Borden. Yeah, he's a fantastic drummer. Faith No More is a great fucking band. Yes, a
0: dude. Yeah, we could do a whole we could get into a whole thing about that, man. I listen to them. I probably I, there's at least two other albums that I listened to the cassette so much I broke it. Like uh, the real thing and angel dust. I was thinking about them a little bit, too. We're doing all this shit that like Mike Patton does a lot of weird side projects kind of stuff, too.
1: Yeah. Um, You know what? You're right. They're like two of like the beginning of like what uh, alternative mainstream.
0: yeah yeah. like avant he and mike patton's a little bit more like out there like avant-garde yeah really really weird kind of crap yeah but even like the crap that he did with like mr bungle and all that other kind of shit was you know i could see that i can see some loose comparisons here with some of the stuff that les claypool and primus does
1: it's crazy they didn't work together
0: yeah i thought that too i thought it was interesting too pork soda is also where they uh they stopped recording all their albums in a studio and they started using, they recorded it in their rehearsal space. And then everything that they've done ever since they recorded in his home. It's great. Which he, and he calls his home Rancho Relaxo.
1: Hey, which, I knew that name.
0: Yes. After the Simpsons. It's also what I used to call my house when I lived. In yeah, in yeah, yeah. I used always, yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always, he's always joking, called it Rancho Relaxo. Cause that was, that was where Primus recorded all their stuff. I thought it was cool. Yeah. When the uh, mail started coming to my house, somehow addressed a rancho relaxo i was like i knew i i knew i <laughs> it went had, too far I knew, I, I knew it had gone too far but
1: damn it you know. good jokes can never go too far Bruce. right
0: so yeah somehow i was getting like credit card applications like carol rancho relaxo but it's still, <laughs> it's still pretty funny the next album comes out tales from the punch bowl you know that album album goes gold you do know I remember that album about that album was that the cd you could put in your computer and it had like uh like a little game on it oh, and wow. like some animations and shit. And I remember that was so different because it came out in 95. So there's like At the, the internet of all like, that shit. Right. So the internet was like barely started. Yeah. And it was like an internet was called like a CD plus or some, some shit like that. Um, CD ROM was it? Yeah. It was kind of like a CD ROM. I don't really remember much about the album. I remember thinking I didn't really like it. We don't even have anything on the playlist from it. Oh, fuck. Winona's Big Brown Beaver is on it. Shit. Okay. Southbound pachyderm. All right. So I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You don't know what you're talking about, boy. Yeah, I have no clue what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, For some reason, I thought too much eggnog, eggnog, Bruce. I know, right? I thought Winona's Big Brown Beaver was on the Brown album. So it shows how much I know. Which is a
1: great fucking album. Yeah. Brown album.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's play a little bit of Winona's Big Brown Beaver. I was like that. That was the huge. I mean, that was a, a huge hit. That video, dude, is so funny, too, man. Yeah, they like they all look like plastic. Thing, the plastic cowboys. So, yeah. here you go.
1: There's so much going on on that man. It's so. Listening to it in earphones is like we say every week. There's so much shit going on. He's another dude that uses the the studio as an instrument, man.
0: Absolutely, dude. Yeah, and I remember all the controversy of that song, like Winona Ryder thought it was about her and she yeah, was, it was all her big
1: brown off. beaver.
0: Yeah, and she was like going to sue them or something. There was all this kind of other oh, shit. God, he, he was like, dude, Winona's not even spelled. He's like, you know, Winona Judge should be suing me, not her. Not Winona Ryder. <laughs> He's like, It's not even spelled the right way. The Juds, And uh, yeah, the Brown album comes out in 97 Great um, album. Dude, the opening baseline for Shake Hands with Beef I just yeah. dude I I love it. You know, they play a little bit of that too. Awesome. Nice. Just the cool. i love the bass line of that song i just love how twangy it is and heavy it sounds a little bit like that the solo from the holy mackerel the song he does with henry rollins it yeah. sounds real it sounds real the music sounds real similar to that but like, he, we'll get he, to that
1: yeah i mean his every song that he does sounds different it's which it's, is
0: weird because you just you know a bass you would think it's there's not a Traditionally it's got four strings, right? There's not as it's not as complicated as a guitar, but he no, makes but all these so many sounds come
1: out of it. But he he uses so many different pedals and boards and different kind of basses, five five string basses, six string basses, you know, vintage shit, stand up basses. You know, he, he he plays it all.
0: Yeah, I've got one song later that he plays just a once a one string bass called the whamola. Wham-ola. um, yeah there's all kinds of crazy crazy shit man
1: um, i like that name whamola
0: whamola yeah nice. so well yeah we'll get to it i'm gonna kind of stay in the lane here and then they had a couple other out like they had the, the album anti-pop came out in 99 which i don't remember at all other than i just saw that like the other musicians that were on it like tom Morello, james Hatfield, jim martin from faith no more and Stuart copeland which i was oh, like wow. okay i just don't remember any i just I I don't know, man. Maybe I just kind of lost track of them by then. What was it called? Antipop? Uh yeah, we'll just play something, man. What's uh Electric Uncle Sam that's got the song with the most listens on Prime on Spotify. Okay. I, didn't I really like do it. Anything. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, the song "Lacquerhead" was on that album. I remember that one. Okay. Yep. Yeah, dude. And that's kind of like that's them through the '90s. But then I guess they're yeah they went on tour that one year. Well, shit, it was on tour last year. They played "A Farewell to Kings" by Rush in its entirety. Yeah. They were doing yeah. that. He's a big. He's a big Rush. A huge guy. Rush fan.
1: He was a good friend. He was good friend. Well, he still is good friends with um. Geddy Lee, Lee and yeah. yeah. The, the, I remember that seeing him on MTV as a kid going fishing, like in Canada, you know. He performed,
0: Les Claypool performed at Rush's, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction for them, which makes which makes sense, right? Yeah. And he's, you know, Getty Lee's also an amazing bass player. And they did all that stuff at the uh, the South Park concert. Like uh, yes, came out that was play, cool shit. played with them. Yeah, that was cool shit and he um, did all that he did all the stuff on that too with the guys from ween like i'm not uh-huh. a, am not a big fan of them but they're also really weird kind of like primus They're very weird yeah. yeah they're a
1: pennsylvania band
0: they are yeah like they're yeah. like new hope they're a little yeah they're a little too much for me but
1: you know it was a crazy thing before uh we in in timeline wise yeah yep dude when primus did the willy wonka soundtrack
0: yes so they went in like whatever that was, like 2017. They recorded. It was called Primus in the Chocolate Fa- Primus in the Chocolate Factory with the Fungi Ensemble, and they did almost the. They did the entire soundtrack for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I they, went. They went a, I I've seen them before. on tour. It was yeah.
1: fucking awesome, man! Like the first set, they come out. They do too many puppies. They do a mind me mud. They do a bunch of songs. Then they take a, maybe about a twenty-minute break, and when they come back from the break, the the um, curtains go up, and it's fucking Candyland. Like he comes out with a big fucking nose on his face, you know. And the and the music isn't what you think it is. It sounds nothing like this, the the yeah. the original soundtrack. What do I got? Golden Ticket on there?
0: Yeah, here. Yeah, yeah I, was, I listened to it this week, man. It's weird. I love it. So awesome dude. Oh, yeah The song would uh when Willy Wonka is taking the kids through that tunnel and it gets all yes. like nightmares and shit. That's yeah. a weird yeah. When Primus covered that, it was like that's that's a perfect song for Primus to do.
1: Dude, it was great live. It would they did the whole sequence of like going through like this the tunnel of uh, light. Oh uh, dude, it was so cool. He was dressed in like the, the Gene Wilder kind of outfit with the big top hat on. But it it was totally something there. I was on mushrooms, <laughs> and it really. I'm sure like, you were. <laughs> oh, dude! It was. It explained. I can explain a lot better, but you know, if considering that I was on mushrooms, but that's the only way to see that show. It was fucking bizarre, man. I somehow I totally missed that they ever did that. Like it, you brought,
0: you mentioned it in another episode that they did it, and I was like, wait, what? Like. Oh, yeah. I, went, I went home and I looked it up and I was like, what the fuck?
1: One the most, uh, it was the most interesting shows that I've ever been to. It was at the yeah. Tower Theater.
0: Yeah, and I was like, and I, I would have gone to see that. I just I don't yeah. know how I I have no idea how I just missed that part of their career. But shame
1: on shame on me. No, It was cool. I, I had this fucking cool hoodie that it said Primus, but in the Wonka font. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was I got I think somebody stole that from me from the in the bar. Well, that I don't know. Sucks.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting here saying that I'm a big fan of theirs, and I'm like, I don't know what fucking song is on Tales from the Punch Bowl, and I I totally missed the Wonka edition. Uh, the Wonka you,
1: thing is really weird if you're just sitting around listening to it. Yeah, yeah it's bizarre. Yeah. But it, yeah, I think it was made to see live.
0: Absolutely sure. Yeah, when I was listening to it, I it was a lot of kind of skipping around. Like, all right, I know this song, I know that song. Okay, that's enough. You know, just you're right. I, it's not like just uh. Something to listen to when you're doing shit in the background.
1: No, I mean, I like it. I mean, right. I th- I, it's just another weird thing that Primus did. Yeah, dude, I that might be
0: it for Primus, dude. Like, I mean, there's so many other great songs. I'm just running through the list here to see if there's other Primus songs that we didn't play. Oh, I found a he did a Spanish version of My Name is Mud called Yamo Mud. Yeah, Mamo. Which I was like, this, this is bizarre. Here's a little bit of it. it's just weird man i was like i
1: don't know what the hell i don't know where the hell i found that that's fucking Uh, great i see on this playlist um primus they did have a cigar
0: yeah dude that was the next thing i wanted to talk about so they came out with that Miscellaneous debris. It was like an yeah. EP
1: that came out in the mid '90s. Yeah, I and, recognize the cover. Yeah,
0: and they covered. There's uh, there's two songs on here. One was Making Plans for Nigel, which is an old XTC uh, song. Yeah, and okay. and, then, and then have a have a cigar by Pink Floyd. I'll play a little bit of that.
1: I like that better than the Foo Fighters version.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I remember. I think I had that EP. Yeah, it's a bunch of covers and some weird shit on it.
1: Yeah, I remember it.
0: And I get yeah, the probably the other thing too that Primus did that was the you know the really big thing. I mentioned it in the opener was the theme from South Park,
1: which is a cultural iconish. Yeah, right, right. I Um, mean, people don't even know who Primus is. And but they know this song. I mean,
0: I was I was trying to explain to my my I don't know. I was listening to some of their stuff in the car or something. I was trying to explain to my kid what who Primus was. I think I was listening to Jerry's race car driver. I'm like, oh, it's the guy that does the South Park theme. So, um, you yeah, know, some people probably don't even know that he's, you know, that's little cartoon to him in the beginning
1: and all kinds of other stuff. So, if you're a fan of the show, you know it's Les Claypool. But yeah, people. I mean, how many people actually know who Les Claypool is, though? Like people have been watching that show for 20 something years, and they probably yeah. don't even know who it is.
0: I was reading something about like how he made that. And he's like the the two guys that did South Park sent him the uh, like the demo. It was like the Santa versus okay. Jesus. And they were like, hey, man, we've got like 70 bucks. We're big fans of you. This is all we can offer. And he was like, <laughs> Les, Les Claypool just thought it was hilarious. And just did it for, he's like, I'm not doing it for your money, man. I just thought it was, a, I thought it was a really cool, creative uh, cartoon. I want to be a part of, so.
1: Dude, maybe we could get him to do something for us.
0: Right. I was like, shit, man, he, he was on all just these to- podcasts. So I was like, we, you know, reach out. He'd probably, uh, maybe he'd come on our show.
1: I mean, our theme song is pretty kick-ass, but right. like, you know, a West Claypool original West Claypool
0: version. Sure. I do have a version of it from the South park, uh, the 25th anniversary concert. Here you oh, go. Oh yeah, play it. Yeah. You know i'll play the uh the real word this is another four minutes long
2: so
1: i'm going down south i'm
2: gonna have myself time
0: So South Park started in 1997. So Primus is really fucking popular by the time this comes out. Right. And, so, and
1: yeah. And it's amazing. They did it like pro bono.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that just shows you they appreciate like the art of shit. man. you know, like, right. We're going to these guys don't have any money, but maybe he see that see them like, wow, they're really on to something. And it's they're going to kick the shit out of it. Would they get a chance?
0: That's cool, man. I was I'd like that story that that they were just big Primus fans growing up and they just wrote him a letter and he yeah, and the and the pilot and he was like, This is fucking hysterical and just agreed to do it. So you know? I still
1: haven't seen that concert, that that South Park anniversary show. I heard that was I've, awesome. I've seen parts of it. I haven't watched the entire thing, but it was pretty
0: cool. Uh the stuff that I watched. Yeah, it's worth it's worth checking out. I'm sure it's on YouTube or something yeah. else. So I think that's it, dude, for Primus, man. You want to maybe we'll take a commercial Dude, Did you ever hear
1: their their calling like. Primus sucks. Primus sucks. Yeah. I remember being a little kid and and, uh, me and Doug would always be like, Primus sucks. I always thought
0: uh, it was like, oh, we could send a Primus song to the electric chair and be like, Primus sucks. And it was like, some people may not get the joke, but no. Yeah. Our listeners might. Our listeners are pretty smart, but smart i'm smart i can do it i'm smart yeah dude why don't we take a commercial break and we can come back and we can talk about all these side projects dude i've i've got so many i've got oh yeah seven eight nine different side projects including some some shit i had never even heard of before and uh you know dude i've got a ton of listener feedback we've got the electric chair we got some other good stuff so all right we'll be back stick around Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is also proud to be sponsored by Boldfoot Socks. Boldfoot Socks is a veteran-owned business to make socks for every occasion. Whether you're looking for a pair of socks to wear to the gym as you desperately try to stick to that New Year's resolution, or if you're looking to bring a little quirkiness to your outfits like Les Claypool, Boldfoot has you covered. On top of that, every pair is made in America, and they give 5% of all their proceeds to veteran charities. Head on over to Boldfoot.com as soon as you're done listening to us and check them out. That's Boldfoot.com. We're back from the commercial break, man. Thanks so much for sticking with us. So we've got a long list, man, of all these other side projects and some of the stuff they released albums, some of the stuff they didn't. There's some uncovered kind of shit. The first one, man. Wacky shit on there. Yeah. And it's like the the music genres get all over the place, which is what I really, I love about this. Um, Yeah. The first one that he, that, the first one that is the side project that I had on the list, I think we should talk about is Oysterhead because it was so different than anything else that we yeah. had done.
1: I had high expectations for this album, but then, like, all in all, it's just an okay record. I'm a huge Trey Anastasio fan, Fish. I'm a huge uh, Stuart Copeland. You know, he's a great, amazing drummer.
0: A drummer. You know, in
1: theory, in theory, it should have worked out great. But you know, the fish fans didn't really get into the whole oyster head thing. It was a cool little side project, but it, it it was just, you know, it just didn't gel. I don't think it gelled.
0: Several of these side projects, Les pulls together a band to do like one show, like a festival or something. And then it winds up becoming a bigger thing. Like so this is he pulled together these the three guys, and as you said, it's Trey Anastasia from Fish and Stuart Copeland from the Police to play the New Orleans Jazz Fest in 2000. And they really enjoy it. They like working together. They put out an album. They start going on tour. Uh, the tour kind of gets put on hold because of 9/11. Yeah, dude, I I I liked it. I remember having this CD and listening to it a lot when I was at work and sitting at my desk and shit, just because it was so different than anything else that they had that he had done.
1: Let's hear something off it.
0: Yeah, dude. Uh, Here you go. You got Shadow of a Man on here. Great song.
2: Billy came back from Vietnam, just a shadow of a man. He was a shadow of a man when he came back from Vietnam. Billy came back from Vietnam, just a shadow of a man. He was a shadow of a man when he came back from
1: Vietnam. Spraying an ancient orange on the of the land out of cans, way back in
0: I like that really? part when it when it snaps yeah. out of the vocals and it just the sound gets yeah. really big.
1: It's a crazy sounding record. You know? These three monsters on a on one record they just make such a weird noise
0: something but one of the th- things i listened to with him he was like this project was weird for him he's like because normally he's like everything i've ever done i drive i'm in charge is my band he's like and trey anastasia is like that and stewart copeland are like that so he's like he yeah, had three guys that are big like musical swinging dicks in the room he's like we had to learn how to like kind of work together i was like yeah and i i, I thought that was kind of cool like all right we're, we're three pieces and we got to learn how to do our thing
1: yeah i mean it, it i mean it worked out i just don't think it was as good as it sounds in theory like on paper yeah i remember it was kind of like oh this is going to be the shit and, it, and it's kind of weak like as okay. a whole as a whole you know it has its good moments but as a complete album it's kind of weak okay i, I, I,
0: I had listened to it in Forever, and I listened to it again doing the research for this.
1: Like the fish fans can care less about it, you know, and they think Trey like walks on water. I do, anyway. Yeah, I mean, is there another song from there on the playlist? Yeah, you
0: got armies on ecstasy
1: is on here. Let's hear a little bit of that. All right. The the me like
0: a flea. I definitely hear what he was saying about like he was trying to uh, sing more like yeah instead of doing the narrating kind of shit he did of primus I, I could definitely hear that
1: I like that song that when it said um maybe what I thought it should sound like is something more to lines of that you know very jammy yeah very it's got yeah, like a jazzy kind of sound especially the totally. opening yeah. yeah,
0: I love He's, that. He said he they, they've talked about getting back together and doing something else, but they just they can't find the time where the three of them aren't. I think doing they something. played.
1: I think they played a uh, maybe last not last summer, but the summer before that. They yeah they've some, done
0: they've done some like one off kind of shit, but they've yeah, talked about like, like doing another album. And they just yeah.
1: I uh, I rather just I, see them if they do a festival. I rather just go see them. I they hear another album by them. I don't know if that will work.
0: Yeah, so it's like just something different, you know, he's doing some jazz kind of shit, but going back, man, and going through some stuff maybe a little bit more linearly. 94 he put out an album called Sausage. It was Sausage was the name of the primus demo that they recorded like when they were just getting started. So it's kind of like a throwback to that. And the guys on the band it's like the original lineup of Primus. So it's like the whatever the you know when they started in like 88. So um I remember when this came out I just thought it sounded Like a Primus album. I was like, I didn't see what the difference was. I never heard of this sausage. Yeah, here's this is a song called Riddles Are Abound Tonight. So song. So it's weird. a Primus song. It's just the original. Awesome. I guess the, as the band changed their lineups, he got back together with the original guys and we're like, we're just going to make this one-off album. It's kind of cool.
1: I loved it. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, I like that too. I like it a lot. Maybe going out of the, the shit linearly. The other album that sounds, that he did that sounds a lot like Primus stuff was the Highball with the Devil, the Les Claypool and the Holy Mackerel. Oh God, I love this album. man. We were we were working together when this came out, man. and We used to play this Every goddamn the day. shit out of it. Every fucking it was day. so
1: weird. It was like other people like other people we work with. Like, are you guys really going to play this again? we were like, hell yeah, we are.
0: Yeah. I remember, man, the uh, the one song about it raining. And I remember you just walking in the store just going like rain, 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 rain. <laughs> um, it's interesting that he he plays almost every instrument on this too. He plays the guitar, he oh, plays well. the drums. He, you know, so he, it was a solo album. He came out with 96. So it's like, you know, yeah. Primus is doing their thing and he just decides like, fuck it. I want to go do this kind of thing on my own. So it was really cool, man. I I I love this album. I had this big, uh, when they were promoting it and they gave us all the posters for it. I took all that shit home, had it hanging in my room.
1: Yeah. Oh, dude, that album cover is great with the devil on it.
0: Yeah. The stars like, and the devil. Yeah. Like, I think like he drawn. I think it's he like drew that. Too. Drew it. Yeah. yeah. I think he drew that. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You got highball with the devil on here. Play it. Yeah, dude Damn. there's so many there's like a jazz song on there
1: oh, there's so many different kinds of shit going on in that
0: yeah. album. oh he's also there's that song delicate tendrils which henry rollins does the spoken word over yes uh, yeah let's play I, I threw that on the playlist today i was listening to this when i was driving around today let's play a little bit of that since we both cool fucking henry so much i'll just skip i know we all love henry
1: you he hated them because they looked weak and slightly scared they the water and thought about closing in. Now you have it. You feel weak in your power to keep it. You feel desperate to make them see that you won't let them take it away because it's yours. You never had to justify yourself in your possessions before. I earned this. I worked hard for what I got. I paid my dues. I deserve this. Say these things to yourself as
2: the animals circle and wait. Shake your fists at the hollows. Chase them away from your waterhole. Just die. I love it, man.
1: He's
0: so I, cool. I remember this. I remember reading something like when this album came out that Henry Rollins heard that Les Claypool was doing this, and he just mailed him this spoken word thing, like, hey man, maybe you can use this for something. And just getting Les Claypool was like, okay,
1: I'll try to put some music to this. <laughs> so just
0: really, really cool, man. I I saw him on this tour too, and it was awesome. I, it was. Did
1: great. you see them on the Holy Mackerel tour? I did. Did you really?
0: I did. Somebody. They, he, they played shit, man. Maybe the Tower Theater, some small venue in Philadelphia. Uh, man, I've never would have loved I, seen that. I never guess somebody threw a Doc Martin on stage at him, and he stopped playing, and he picked it up, and was like. Somebody is missing one half of a very expensive pair of shoes. I will leave this on the stage for you. And then somebody just yelled like, like, Les, you're the shit. And he's like, yes, indeed. I am the shit Go. <laughs> and just right back into the music. It was so cool. I love that album. I was a really, really big fan of that. Yeah,
1: I was um, really into it.
0: Yeah, it I always, really cool. I. It was like.
1: What was it? Ninety six.
0: Yeah. Nineteen ninety six. It came out
1: so weird for ninety six. The yeah. middle of like Hanson and Third Eye Blind. And, and again, it's sh-
0: like like that Sausage album came out in 94. Uh, the Holy Mackerel came out in 96. I have all the dates of all the Primus albums on here, too. So it's like uh, Fork Sodas in 93. Tales from the Punch Bowl is 95. The Brown album is 97. So he's putting out something almost every year. Like he's just banging all this stuff out. All right. So that's like so Sausage and the Holy Mackerel were kind of primus sounding projects. Oyster Head is kind of like this jazz thing. And then he comes out with these other albums, man, that are just really they're more like jam bands. And the first one was like Colonel Les Claypool's Fearless Flying Frog Brigade. That as is a great name, dude. And I was surprised I said it without fucking it up. But it's like uh you know, I could I had to record the monologue, they the open monologue like seven times. I kept screwing it up, but I just I just banged <laughs> that I just banged that out without messing it up. But um yeah man another another one-off project that started as like a uh, a one-off for a music festival and they're kind of a jam band they've done a couple live albums they did a studio album they covered some stuff from sausage they covered some stuff from the holy mackerel album and they've covered a whole bunch of other um other bands too
1: okay do we have anything
0: yeah man uh we do we got he covered shine on you crazy diamond Right on uh, the the Pink Floyd. So here you go. was really, really cool
1: yeah i really like that
0: yeah it's really different but it's really cool i i like that <laughs> song i like that pink floyd song a lot but it's, yeah i i was digging that man
1: what was that on bro
0: it's on uh the the live album called live frogs set one and two
1: okay uh, it's I, on our I, playlist i threw it on the playlist yeah okay because i'm gonna have to listen to that whole you said it was 15 minutes long
0: yeah it was like 12 12 and change
1: so holy shit still long
0: and they they released a studio album too called Purple Onion and there's a song on there called Whamola that I wanted to play because that was a an example of him playing the instrument of Whamola. So the Whamola is kind of like an electric, um, like a washtub bass.
1: Yeah, you you it, sent me something today about this.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like it's one note and it has a whammy bar at the end of it and you, he plays it with like a drum, like a like a drumstick. I actually remember him playing this when I saw him with the. Holy Macroban! I was like, "What the hell is he?" What the it's, hell like is a, he doing?
1: it's like it's like an old time like yeehaw, yeah, like bass. a hill, like a hillbilly, hillbilly right, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Like a
0: hillbilly, yeah. And I guess he he makes them, or he had some company make one for him,
1: oh, like uh, electric Yeah,
0: and it's actually what he's playing on the uh, the South Park song. That's what he's playing instead of his regular bass But oh, this wow. is like largely a um, this is a song called Whamola. So here's a little bit of it. I thought it was really cool. Cool. really out there but it's just got a really funky, very cool yeah like very funky cool, like a very funky sound and it's just cool that he's he's got a whammy bar at the top and he's like you know he's bending it and he's banging on it with a with a drum and he's wearing like a monkey mask in the video I sent it's just
1: uh, <laughs> it's cool yeah I, I loved it when you when you sent me that it's yeah. totally original and of course the monkey mask is what
0: right yeah. puts it over the top because that's him so
1: I dig his sense of humor so much man
0: it's so quirky because even like some of those things, like he'll be wearing the monkey mask on stage, but then he doesn't address it. He just acts like himself. He just talks yeah. to the audience. Like, and, what mask? What right, mask right. are you talking about? Right. What are you What are you staring at? Then he did another band called Colonel Claypool's Bucket of Bernie Brains, and that is him. Uh, it's all like so uh, Buckethead, the guy that was in Guns N' Roses for a while. Yeah, sure. Bernie Worrell from Parliament Funkadelic. So he's, oh, well. the, he's the Bernie and brain is the guy from Primus. And okay. I saw, I saw some interview with Claypool. He said that the Bernie Royal from parliament was the best musician he's ever played with. I'm sure. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that they, he said they'd never rehearsed and they never prepared a set list ahead of time. They just walked out on stage and were like, we're going to play this. And it just kind of like, yeah, you know, so different. Uh,
1: that Hey man, you got to be ready for anything when you do something like that
0: really i found something else that was really weird so if you look at the album cover for it it's got like a i don't like a thing in it and it has an eyeball in the middle and there's a band that's been around for like 30 years called the Mm residents that the guys have never said who they are they always appear they're wearing helmets that look like eyeballs and they're wearing um tuxedos
1: oh i knew this i I, know i know this yeah i remember that cover
0: yeah and these guys like and they've They've always speculated that Les Claypool was one of these guys. And they were like, Oh, he's putting the eyeball on the album cover as a like a, a subtle hint, like, oh, I'm actually in this band. But he's never said he is. And you know, I I think it sounds like this band, the residence, was around way before Primus was, but thought that was yeah. interesting. So, but uh, here's what they have a song called Buckethead. Here's a little bit of that.
1: Cool.
2: He didn't like to jostle in the light Finding it much soother in the night With his face as pale as pancakes And his posture in rebellion with his height. He was raised to respect father, he was loving to his mom, being kind to all the children and the animals he saw. In his youth, he looked at Jacko with gleaming admiration, when walking through the gardens of his Disneyland vacation. he took a ballot class and he grew into its and
0: cool. Yeah, it's a little too weird for me. It's but. Nightmare
1: Before Christmas-ish.
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely, it's very, uh, tr-
1: it's dramatic not dramatic but it, it's i don't know it, i loved it i thought it was awesome very danny uh elfman
0: yeah yeah i didn't get the um i don't know man i i don't know a whole lot about buckethead i just that's not what i expected to hear him hear from yeah
1: him. he definitely has like some kind of effect part of his sound is like effects yeah, I never liked uh, him. I never gave a shit about
0: him. I, I didn't either, and I always thought he was a dude that was kind of like, all right, you're the shitty replacement for Slash when he was on Guns N'
1: Roses for a little while. I don't think he was anything special at all.
0: Yeah, I just never cared. I was just like, all right, man, yeah. you're some dude wearing a KFC bucket on your head. What do I you know? All right. You're all right, you're all, you're all gimmick. And it was also like, yeah, when he was in Guns N' Roses, all right, instead of the guy with the top hat, you got the guy with the bucket on his head. Like, what the fuck do I care? But what I don't a bad know. Bad
1: mistake. Yeah. Axel is. Was- um, fucking retarded for fucking decades
0: you know what we i forgot to play with primus man is that they recorded a song with ozzy and i totally forgot because it's not on the playlist because it's not on the um it's not on spotify there was a couple ozzy tribute albums or black sabbath tribute albums that came out and they had primus was on it. it yeah they did uh nib with ozzy so, oh, I, I, I
1: fucking remember this! Yes, yeah, I, ha-
0: I have it on. I had it on YouTube, and I had the YouTube link all the way up to the top of my notes. I forgot to play it here. <laughs> That's
1: rad. That is rocking.
0: Yeah. There was like couple, There was like two volumes of the Nativity and Black Tribute album. For yeah, some reason, I remember was, that. It wasn't on Spotify for some reason.
1: Yeah. yeah. You can't find that shit on Spotify. They don't put yeah. cool shit like that on there. Only yeah. like you could only find that like on eBay. Right. Like, yeah. You know, they, they were great. They were great compilations.
0: Yeah, that's probably why it's not on Spotify. There's probably so many dudes from different record labels and shit like that. They can't
1: figure it out. But yeah, <clears throat> it's shame yeah. it because it was rad. If I remember, like Faith No More was on there. Yes, from the top yeah. of my head, you know. But yep. it was it was fucking great, great compilations. Something I got
0: rid of when I got rid of all my CDs and albums. Like, I know, God, right? God damn it! You now, yeah, and I had I had I had like 1,200 CDs when I moved in with my wife. I got rid of. I sold them all to like. A record store near me for like 80 dollars or something it was something like pathetic
1: dude i just yeah. threw everything the fuck out because i didn't take care of that shit yeah uh, dude I, mean? I had, every, they were I like had it stacked all like up like coasters oh no yeah no i i didn't take care of my cds okay so i've got hang on
0: let me sort by album covers here uh les claypool did a He did another album called A Whales and Woe in 2006, and then he went on tour with Les Claypool's Fancy Band. Here's a song called One Better. It's off of that. cool it had a xylophone in it some yeah other, a little a little different it was like okay
1: very red hot chili pepperish
0: yeah yeah that's a great point all right i got a couple other things he had a country dude i love this so much so he had a he put out a he has a country project called the duo de twang really where, where he um is with this guy brian kehoe and they just play they, they play country music this was the um i sent you today it was uh the two of them and then les claypool's kid was playing a banjo and they were oh covering.
1: yeah this is yeah 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 johnny they were cash, covering, right?
0: covering johnny cash but so they put out an album and they made here's a country version of jerry was a race car driver mm. um they covered man in the box by allison chains they, they just they did stay alive by the bg it's a weird shit man but here's jerry was a race car driver the the hillbilly version from the duo de twang
2: Well, Jerry was a racer driver. He goes goddamn fast. He never did win or get the flag, but he never did come in last. Jerry was a racer driver. He still saw number one. He goes super slow, four four two.
0: I love it. It's just, yeah, it's I really so, like that. It's like real rednecky kind of stuff. It's just cool, man. That he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm gonna try something so different.
1: He, that's why he's cool, man. He's a real musician. He. He's. He's adventurous. Like I totally admire that.
0: Absolutely. He said he's in a like a jazz band now called Les Claypool's Bastard Jazz. They haven't recorded anything. Great um, name. And one thing I did find before we get into the the Sean Lennon stuff was he had this band, this side project in like the '90s called Beanpole, and. Beanpole, he said, it sounds like weird carnival music recorded by mutant hillbillies. <laughs> and Claypool had his own uh, record label for a long time called Prawn Song, which was like supposed to be a playoff of uh, uh, shit. What was it? a Swan Song Zeppelin? Yeah, sh- Ze- sure. Zeppelin's record label, and there was that was the low. That was the album he released, like Fizzle Fry and all that other kind of stuff. But and he released all this kind of like weird shit. But he was like, I'm gonna release this thing called Beanpole. And there was another ba- there was another label that was like a joint venture with them. And the other label was like, nah, man, this is too weird. We're not doing it. And it was so much that Les Claypool's record label like went out of business over this, like over the the argument over putting this out. He said it was like all musicians, but all the musicians had to record under a fake name and they had to play instruments they didn't normally play. So it would sound all fucked up. And when Claypool was telling Sean Lennon about it, Sean Lennon was like, This is great. We're gonna put this out on my record label. So it came out recently, but uh it is really weird. But here's a song called Chicken Boy off of oh. by Bean by Beanpool. It's really hot. Right. All right,
1: I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs>
0: Real like so it's so weird that nobody would release it for like 40 30 years.
1: Really? I loved it.
0: It was weird, man. It, Here's it
1: you know, reminds and, me of something like early fish. It's really Oh, different. really? Well, it made you me, know.
0: it made me think of uh Mr. Bungle, just the the Faith No More project or the like pad Project like just kind of so Swaggy. out there. Yeah, yeah, just really really weird. Even like the like the if you look up the album artwork, it's like the people are all like sideshow mutants and shit like that. So really weird. I love that shit. It was cool in that, that he couldn't even find somebody to release it, that it was so out there with all this other shit that he's released. So
1: um, his vault, his vaults of recordings, probably huge, man.
0: Oh, could you imagine man when he, yeah, like he probably has
1: reels and reels and reels and memory computer and fucking so much shit.
0: Yeah. All right. So, last project we're going to talk about is the Claypool Lennon Delirium. And that is a partnership between Les Claypool and Sean Lennon, who is John Lennon and Yoko Ono's son. Dude, we could have done an entire episode on this. Yeah, much like we did the Johnny Cash and Rick Rubin partnership. This stuff, this is some of the
1: fucking amazing.
0: This is some of the fame, my favorite shit that I've uncovered
1: doing the show. Yeah. It was so fucking good. I was listening to it on 88.5, uh, The World Cafe, when it first came out. And I was blown away by it. I was like, holy shit, this is like on another level.
0: I had listened to it when it had come out as well. And I just forgot about it. And then it came up in the notes. And I've been listening, I probably listened to this more than I listened to the Primus stuff the last two weeks. Um, it, it's really
1: interesting stuff.
0: Primus went on tour with Sean Lennon's band, Sabretooth Tiger. And they both were kind of like, the tour was over and they were both kind of just talking. And they're like, well, neither of us have anything to do. We have no projects in the works. We're not doing anything. And uh, Les Claypool was like, hey, man, I want you to just like, let's hang out. Let's get together and drink some wine. Les Claypool owns a winery. He's like, let's drink some wine. And they said they started jamming and they were like, nobody makes like psychedelic like old school psychedelic rock and roll albums anymore so they got together exactly
1: what it is man it's psychedelic oh fuck yeah
0: and there's so many times man listening to this stuff and i'm like he sounds so much like fucking john lennon oh my
1: god it's ridiculous i was
0: it's haunting i was i was listening to it today i had it in my office my wife got home from work and she stopped in and we're just shooting the shit and i was like uh Yeah. She's like, are you doing the show tonight? And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't talk a whole lot about what we're doing. I'm like, dude, check this out. I'm like, doesn't this sound like fucking John Lennon's kid? And she was like, oh, wow, it really does. You know, like kind of kind of pulled her in a little bit, too. Normally, normally by the end of the two weeks, she's heard enough of me, you know, playing the same (laughs) thing for two weeks. But she's like, man, yeah, it really does sound like John
1: Lennon. I wonder if it's really hard for Sean to go out there because. He sounds so much like his father. He sounds more like him than Julian did.
0: And I feel shitty. I feel a little dirty just being like, it's John Lennon's kid?" And he sounds like John Lennon, right? Like he's his own musician because the stuff he's made is really good, you know. And but he's yes, he's, he's, for, he's, he's never his own be thing.
1: Right? He's always going to be in the shadow of his father, no matter what. Right? But to make, I didn't, you know, to make a psychedelic album just makes sense.
0: Yeah, you just listen to it. It's a really different Les Claypool, right? It's not that crazy out there kind of shit
1: no it's it's totally melodic in its yeah. own way in a, in a weird way yeah play something dude
0: yeah dude here's uh this is blood and rockets Wow. Comic, comic book guy. Don't blow me up. That has such a Beatles vibe to it.
1: Oh, my God, dude. It's very Sergeant Pepper, very psychedelic Sergeant Pepper error. You know, I can see I could. I don't know. I could I could see the story going on in my head. Crazy fucking song, man. It's But it's like the f- Les Claypool so silly about a lot of shit. This is like something serious that he's doing. Like, he's not making some weird fucking, you know, I don't know, Les Claypool thing. He's, like, doing something serious.
0: Right. He's, like, he's harnessing all of that talent and, like, focusing it. Yes. And also, the bass wasn't the main instrument there either. No. Yeah. The, you um, could
1: totally hear Les's influence on there. You know, th- th- the hopping of the bass.
0: They did an EP in, like, 09 and they covered uh, Court of the Crimson King, and they did, like, Bars the Spider, some other, Astronomy, Domine, like, the Pink Floyd. And then they've done two other albums. Like, um, the one we just played was the, the newest one from 2019. It's um, a great album.
1: It really is, dude. Holy and, shit, it's a great album. It's a even shame less- that, I don't know. Maybe I'm being ignorant, but it's a shame that many people know about it. I... I
0: don't think people do. I mean, shit, you're not going to hear that on the radio. No. Yeah, you know, and even uh, I think I sent you a link. It was something an interview that two of them did together, and they were talking about like, yeah, all right, second second album through. We kind of we know like we know our pit place. We know how to work together. Yeah, it was just it was really cool to hear them kind of talking to each other. It, yeah, I I'm, I'm a total fanboy. I was like the album was really really fucking good
1: yeah it's it's a, it's a, one of the best things that I've heard in a long time from anything
0: yeah as much as we talked about like his modern music dead and all other kind of crap I was like this was really good yeah let's play another song off of it dude yeah got, please do you got uh, Amethyst Realm was we on could do a album, whole episode
1: and, just on this fucking album
0: we absolutely could man just the partnership between the two of them and all this other shit here she
2: called her to the end. When the impossible happened.
0: a very first friend me? Man, it is so good.
1: Have these here? Have these headset on? Yeah, hear everything that's going on in there. Holy shit, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's like even when Les Claypool was just singing it, like his voice is in the background, right? And everything yeah. he does, he's front and center. The bass is front and center. It's yeah. kicking you in the nuts. This is, man, it's just uh,
1: he blends in.
0: Right. It's And it it's really cool that when a guy that eccentric and that powerful of his music decides to take a step back and go in the background, it just, it's just really fucking good music, man. They
1: They complement each other very well, man.
0: They do their voices work well together. The instrumentation works well together. It's just uh, it's really got that like a Pink Floyd.
1: Oh, sure. I, I thought school. the same thing. I wonder if they tour.
0: They had. You know what, dude? I was just looking as you were s- as that was um playing to see if they don't have any dates. They have toured before. Hmm. But I would, their- totally, I would totally go to that. Their website said like tour dates and it has listed 2020. So they haven't uh, toured in a long time, but I was like, yeah, dude, that would be like shit, man. You go to like the planetarium and they put that album on <laughs> the, you the, uh, the
1: latest. Sure. Sure.
0: No. sure. Really cool. It's so weird, man, because that was like a type of music that I did not like at all when I was growing up. And now I'm like, this is great.
1: No, it, ri- it reminds me of a lot of Radiohead, like some of the, like maybe off of OK Computer.
0: Yeah. I fucking hate Radiohead too. Oh, uh, that's a shame. Yeah, maybe maybe I never gave him a chance, but I don't know.
1: You should listen to the Benz. That's like maybe it's a a guitar album.
0: All right. That's, you know, maybe something that I've gotten older. I would appreciate I just I don't I can't stand Tom York's voice, but that's okay.
1: That's OK.
0: Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to. Yeah, this is this is shit. I never would have liked 20 years ago. And now I listen to it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is the coolest stuff we've uncovered doing the show. So.
1: This is some other level stuff. And it's like, why don't people know more about it?
0: Right. Because you, you would never hear that on the radio now.
1: No, it's too out there. Maybe you hear it on the World Cafe Live. Right.
0: Like, right. Like XPN, the indie yeah. indie stations, some college rock stations. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, other than that. And again, man, if Les Claypool wasn't famous from Primus, he wouldn't have the pull to be able to like, I'm going to do this psychedelic album with Sean Lennon's kid. R- right, right so
1: well i hope uh, our listeners give it a chance go to yeah. spotify and listen to it the yeah, whole I'll,
0: album it's great we'll have to promote the shit out of it it's uh on our social media it was i really really enjoyed discovering that so all right cool man i think that might be it for primus unless Claypool. i have dude i have i have so many fucking second thoughts I, uh, wait a minute
1: we didn't yeah. talk about one of the uh funniest things i think les claypool did and um he did a mockumentary called yes. electric apricot yes and it was like a spinal tap thing
0: yes and, about a jam band
1: yes go playing a festival
0: yes i i watched about half of it today and then i, it's,
1: I got, yeah it sucks but it's, i got
0: sucked into work and i couldn't uh i couldn't finish it but
1: i mean it's funny if you're a musician and like, I can totally appreciate like the whole spinal tap feel to it, we, you know, but you know, it's something different. He did. Les Claypool made a movie. Dude, that movie's been out so long. I rented it at
0: Blockbuster. You said that today. You missed it. That's that, how long me. it's been around. So that was like, uh, was it, you rented it? Like what? When we worked together at Blockbuster no, Video? Oh.
1: It, no, this was maybe about like 2006.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, dude, I mean, it was like, yeah, so it's like a fake. But it was also had like Bobby Weir from the dead were in it. And yeah, shit like Warren that. Haynes is in it. Yeah. So they're playing if you're like themselves. jam. Band,
1: if you're a Grateful Dead fan, if you're an Allman brother fan, if you're just a jam band fan, I think you'll appreciate Electric Apricot. I was at a show this weekend for New Year's Eve and the guy I was hanging out with, he brought it up and I wouldn't even say anything about us doing less claypool. I was like, holy shit, electric apricot. I totally forgot about it. And I start telling him about what we were doing our show about. But he brought it up and he was he, you know, it is out there. People do know about it.
0: I was digging it. I was watching. It. I said, I just got sucked into work shit. And yeah. I had to turn it off and concentrate, but I'll i will finish it. So he's also written a book, too. So did he? Yeah. So he's kind of, you know, he's doing a little bit of everything. we I mentioned his son, too. His son was in the. Uh, the duo de Twang, he showed up a couple times at banjo, and his he said his son made like a documentary about Primus, and his son does all kinds of artistic shit, and so it's cool. Oh wow! So yeah. okay, good stuff. All right. Second thoughts. I have so much that we may have to skip music news, but um, the first one I got is we had so we had two emails from Omar, and I promised in the last episode we would read it, so. Hello, Baha'i. It is Omar. I listened to your episode on heavy metal music. I like American rock and roll. But did you know that we have heavy metal music here in India? I have sent links to two songs for you. So he sent me a link for a song called Dana Dan by Bollywood. Here's a little bit of that.
2: Face of a and, yeah, a the pleasure of the faces face yeah one day I may
0: okay so that's like, I like it I'm watching it on YouTube and it's like the cup one of the guys has got he's very traditional Indian like a, a turban and some other stuff so it was called bloody wood I'm sorry it's not Bollywood excuse me and then he sent another one called by a band called Kryptos called Force of Danger which is another Indian heavy metal band So that's like, it's a bunch of indie guys, but they're wearing like the leather biker jackets and they're, it's like very hair metal looking kind of it shit. Sounds so. It,
1: it yeah. sounds very, very like rat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 You yeah. Know? So. Omar continues. He said, I read on Facebook that your club, McCusker's Tavern, was called one of the greatest in your city. Blessings to you. The day I come to America and walk in there will be a great day. I hope to meet many people, including Rob Owens, and give greetings to all. And then he also said after our Christmas episode, thank you for saying you'll read my email next time. But why was I not invited to your Christmas party? And the uh, warden was
2: uh, Omar,
0: Omar, Omar, if you could, if we could find a way to get you to record something for us, we would love to have you on. We can. Uh, I responded to him. my emailed him back and said, like, dude, we, well, if there's a way to do that, we can. I don't oh, know.
1: Dude, maybe we can just get him on the phone and record him.
0: Yeah, someplace. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know how that would work with the the distance and the you know if there'd be charges it's, it's or anything. But
1: that this this guy, you know, he he loves rock and roll.
0: Yeah, it's funny, man. He's he sending us all this stuff. It's just really cool. So yeah, uh, he Crazy. said he wants to come to America sometime. He couldn't because of COVID, and then maybe maybe he will. So
1: he can go stay with the uh, the warden. The warden, yeah, he has plenty of room at his house.
0: He sure does. I he th- yeah. All right. I have some other stuff. Ron from Philadelphia. You guys need to do an episode on Dinosaur Jr., please. It's like, okay, throw it on the list. Feedback on the Judas Priest episode. And then we got some feedback on the Christmas episode. So the heavy metal episode. Uh, Steve Bowden sent us an email, said, I'm new to your show and listen to your heavy metal episode. You covered all of the big ones. You talked about Dee Snyder testifying before Congress, but you didn't mention Judas Priest being sued for having subliminal messages in their music that allegedly caused people to kill themselves. I haven't listened to the show on thrash metal yet, but I'm going to start it next since it seems like part two of the heavy metal story. All right, so that's kind of a that's a fun topic, but um, uh, 1985 two guys got really drunk and high and they shot themselves in the fucking face with a 12-gauge shotgun. I
1: remember One,
0: this happening. Yeah. And shame on us, man. We should have mentioned this when we talked about
1: heavy metal. Hey, we only have so much time to, to mention right.
0: shit, man. Right. Uh, one guy died instantly. The other guy blew his goddamn face off, but he lived for like three years.
1: And, uh, I remember being like Sussy Jesse Raphael. Yeah. Whatever the hell yep, it was, yep. And he was all banged up. Yep. Hey-o. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah.
0: The families wound up suing Judas Priest saying that there were subliminal messages the hidden in here. the music. And after like, that was a long... so
1: ridiculous. Remember that? Like
0: all the satanic yeah. panic of everything. Uh, uh. And after a six week trial, a judge uh, dismissed the case. So, all
1: right. Remember, they all went to court and Rob Halford, like, sat on the stand and sang the lyrics to it. Yeah,
0: yep, yep. And then we got some feedback on the Christmas episode. Uh, Hey, prisoners, this is Gary, the one you call, quote, unquote, comic book guy. I've written in before about some information you got wrong in the past, but this email is about something else you forgot. I was listening to your Christmas show, and I can't believe you didn't mention the Ramones. They have a song, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight. Didn't you guys put the Ramones as one of your best American rock and roll bands? Ryan, you call yourself a punk rocker. Sorry guys, but you seem like posers when you drop the ball like that, you can do better. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening, dude.
1: No, I appreciate him being honest.
0: We did fuck up. and Forget the Ramones, but
1: sorry, dude. I mean, we can't remember everything. I mean, right. Shit. I mean, give us, you know, next, next year, we'll have a better Christmas story. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have a play who
0: knows (laughs) with Johnny, with Johnny Ramone, uh, Joey Ramone and all those guys. So, and then we got another email from Danny Smith. So he wrote us in about our history of metal episode as well. Said uh, metal is American. Well, let's back this out. Metal is a version of rock and roll, which is a version of the blues, which is American but it's very much have African-American influences. It seems less Zeppelin and more pioneer of hard rock with a bluesy influence. Black Sabbath did not consider themselves metal. They're a hard rock band, and it seems metal has a superficial influence, especially in the 70s, 80s glam era. However, a lot of that was very much the me, me era, which is where greed was all that matters. I read two of Nikki Six's books, and if you listen to him, he's a junkie and a thief and a womanizer. This is a hero. I can listen to the Red Hot Chili Pepper story. They came into the into the quote-unquote punk and metal era and invented their own sound. Metal was more than music. It was about style. Good bands you can just listen to in whatever era the music is. It has universal appeal. Zeppelin and the Stones are that type of music. Can you really have rock and roll without the blues? Nope. And this is why true rock lovers need to explore its roots much more. Yours in Christ Jesus via Our Lady Sometimes, Danny.
1: Thanks, Danny. So, yeah, yeah, man. I, mean, I, you're I, right, I wrote. You know.
0: Yeah, we went back a couple times, back and forth over email. I wrote him back. He wrote me back. Uh, you know, I I should offer him to send some stickers, man. If you're listening to us, you want to drop some of the email, your address. Be happy to send some stickers. But always down for the conversation, dude. And I appreciate him saying you got to uh, you got to keep exploring those roots of rock and roll, which is you know we're constantly which is great. doing. That. We're
1: trying to do. We're always trying to do that. I appreciate you listening, Danny. You know, thanks for uh, contacting us. Any kind of feedback we love.
0: Yeah, dude, I don't somebody wants to blow us up. I don't care. Some people keeping us honest, man. Guy.
1: No comic book guy. You know, I'm not not mad about it. Right. I mean, we missed a Ramones. We're like, fuck.
0: Yeah, dude, we missed a Ramones. We We are
1: posers.
0: Right. Fuck. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Yeah, dude, we'll skip music news. We've been talking for almost two hours. Is there anything
1: good in in the news?
0: Um, I uh, the foo fighters said they're gonna keep going. Oh, they don't know what that. they're doing. Yeah. We don't uh, talk about that. And uh Courtney Love said she was originally supposed to be in Fight Club and she got kicked out because uh Brad Pitt said he wanted to make a movie and play Kurt Cobain and she said no. And then suddenly uh hours later she was fired from Fight Club. But she all would the people sucked in that
1: movie.
0: Well, and all the people in Fight Club said she was never given a job on fight club, so I don't know what the fuck she was talking she's about.
1: She's all making just so. She's just getting her name out there.
0: Right, right. That's all I had, man. It was kind of a, it was a slow news week anyway, with the holidays and all
1: those. Kind of. Yeah, shit. sure. Like, yeah.
0: You did have a really good pick for the electric chair this week, though. You messaged me today. And you're like, we got to send this song to the electric chair. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes,
1: uh, dude. Just play it. We only have to give it an announcement. <laughs> Ugh. Right, everybody. This Love song. Shack, by the What, like, what do you think about this band? I think they're a great band for right. for a punk rock band. Right, like,
0: like yeah, like, what are yeah. they?
1: They're definitely new wave punk rock.
0: Yeah, yeah, new waves are good. All right, they're they're real. I don't know, kind of throwback sounding.
1: Yeah, I mean, they came out in the seventies. Yeah, like rock like lobster, rock lobster. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. that was cool. Um, They were just something, I don't know exactly, maybe they're from California, but they were doing something totally different than everybody else. But this song was just so fucking played out, and it's, I don't know, it just was everywhere. It's still everywhere. Like, you go to the fucking supermarket, it's on overhead.
0: Yeah, I don't need to hear drunk girls going like, it ever again.
1: Is that um, what she, she? I don't even know what the fuck she's saying. I
0: I think that's what she's singing. I don't know.
1: Now I'm googling
0: shit that I should never, yeah, even hear about. All right, tin roof rusted. Yeah, I don't. Yeah,
1: know. Yeah, I don't.
0: I don't. Uh, it's all right. Let's, we we don't let's, need to dwell on this, do we?
1: No, let's just. Fucking pull the switch, sir.
0: Yeah. Oh well, she's also in that. Uh, before we go, she's in that shitty, shiny, happy
1: people REM song, and she also made that song with Iggy Pop. Ugh. Candy, candy yeah, candy, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great song.
0: Yeah. All right, so they got some stuff. This is just a bad song. All right, let's just fucking yeah. killing it out of here. We sentence you to death.
1: yeah it was a good one yeah man i come up with all the good ideas for this show uh, <laughs> man, i mean
0: you you gotta hear you gotta hear so much bad music at the bar i can't imagine oh uh,
1: dude some dudes have been playing like zach brown band and he's like what you don't like country i was like i like country before they start going to the beach you know like fuck john yeah. wayne never went to the beach
0: i yeah i he remember he
1: storming it with a
0: rifle I remember, I remember telling you I was
1: going to see them, and you're like, they fucking suck, dude. They do fucking suck. Just listening to them recently. I was like, all right, I'm nothing better to do to talk to this dude, and I'm gonna listen to this song. I'm like, this shit fucking sucks. It's poser music, man. Like, I can see poser fucking jock dudes going out and fucking wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats, the fucking the Zach Brown band. It's the yeah, it's
0: the Jimmy Buffett crowd and the um but and like, you said before
1: yeah country music.
0: Fuck? Yeah.
1: Country music and going to the beach. I don't get it. I don't get it.
0: Yeah. There's a couple other uh like fucking uh
1: No oh, it's a whole cultural thing now.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Cowboys uh, at the beach. Yep. Uh to fucking uh, not Jason Aldean, the little short guy. He plays uh he's got no shoes radio on Sirius. Kenny Chesney. Uh, oh Kenny yeah. Kenny Chesney. I mean he plays like Lincoln Financial Field. He plays like football Which is stadiums. God bless but, him.
1: Yeah, like he, he but works, it's all that yeah. that but it's wow, country music that's not country. It's right. like pop music with a twang, yeah. talking about drinking margaritas on the fucking beach.
0: Yeah, country music has definitely gotten really um you you called it bon jovi country for a
1: while it is uh, Bon jovi country i mean i think that's a a a downer for bon jovi you know but oh i think all these country bands these guys looked at bon jovi and was like oh i can kind of like image his image and i can do my fucking rock and roll image but i'm totally lame country fucking music I I listen to more country now than I listen to any other like modern music. But um,
0: something I was listening to last week, they were playing some countdown on Sirius. They were like, uh, you know, the 20 best country songs of the 90s. And I am like, you know, I didn't listen to this shit then. And I was listening to it. I'm like, man, this is completely different than what country music is now. It's It's just unreal. uh, You know, like guys like Alan Jackson. It was way more like, you know, pedal steel guitar. And it was way more. It was way more yeehaw than it is now.
1: Yeah, I don't like it at all, man i don't I don't like any of the country music that's going on right now, except for like there's a few things out there that are like outlaw country that's going on. people yeah. bring me bring the attention to me down at the bar when I talk about it. There are some cool little outlaw country bands out there, but you have to they're like little punk rock bands. you have to search for them,
0: yeah, there's like Sirius has got that country outlaw station. That's, mm. um, sometimes they got some they got some cool stuff that like mojo nixon's on there all the time hosting
1: mojo nixon yeah. Yeah. elvis is everywhere man yes. elvis is everywhere, man.
0: yeah he hosts on there all the time and he's got sometimes he plays some cool like whatever the hell they call it like a uh, cow punk like that kind wow, of like, yeah right country on. country country punk music kind of put together it's kind of cool but you know I don't know we'll put it on the show list maybe we'll we'll get around to it so i know we talked about doing outlaw country for a while that's a that's a lot of work that's a lot that of, is a uh, lot of work like, and that's a dude, that's I, a lot of real like cowboy shit that people may not care about
1: i want to do a, a flat out country episode like maybe the beginning of country like i know we're going back to the 1800s right and everything like that but the storytelling of it of country music is what i find interesting yeah and i was saying before man like um i think i threw that out
0: last year like the grand old opry was coming up on like its 94th year of like every friday night they broadcast from the grand old opry and it was like you know it's such a a cultural thing you know like the what that means and all the people that played there and if you're a member of the opry and all that other kind of shit so yeah, you know, and they they really call it like a church. It's like the, it's the mother church of country music. So, yeah, I, there's a, there's a story in there somewhere. I think we got to find an angle beyond like country music. You know, it's like, fuck, you're going to do 200 years of music.
1: We got ideas.
0: We got it's we ain't 2023,
1: going anywhere. We got a bunch of ideas. I promise yep. you we're going to have some good stuff this
0: year, guys. We got all kinds of stuff. So. Hi, right, man, I think that is a wrap for episode 55 and the debut of season three. Thank you so much for spending the last few hours talking uh, Les Claypool with us. If you want to hear the full versions of all that stuff and all those projects we talked about, if you want to hear all the full versions of all the songs and all those projects we talked about, there's a link to our episode playlist in the show notes. You can also go to the show notes and find links to our Facebook and our Twitter accounts, our website at prisonersarockandroll.com and our email address at show at showatprisonersarockandroll.com and if you're ever out in Philadelphia, you can stop by McCusker's Tavern in 17th and Shunk Streets. So, you know, we love getting feedback like Ryan said, man, the, uh, we don't care whether you tell us we're great or you want to tell us that we're missing something or you want to throw an idea at us. You know, we've got some shit. We've got a handful of show ideas. We, we got to get cracking.
1: Yeah, man, we got a responsibility here to bring the entertainment to the
0: people. Right, we're here to educate and entertain. So I think that's it, man. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode.
1: Keep on rocking. Peace out. I'm
2: just a prisoner. I'm Rockin' Rock!